Welcome, everyone, to the fifth official episode of Devil Horns. Of course, I am Midnight Corey, joined by fellow metalheads, New Jersey Nick. Good evening, sir. Howdy. I am happy to be here. Oh, I'm glad you are here, and thank you for joining me on uh, that last episode that uh, we did sort of off the off the cuff and uh, just uh, really having a good time talking about mm-hmm. uh, some great shows that we've been seeing. But right. uh, in doing that, we did miss our other colleague, our other host of the show, Mike Zombie. Dude, how you been? Oh, thank God I'm back. Thank you, baby Jesus. I've returned to the show. Oh, we're doing the Christian metal show. I'm sorry. I'm back. <laughs> I, that was I, You said the last one. I thought you meant that one. Damn. <laughs> you guys did a great show, by the way. Thanks for having a great show in my absence. Good oh, to be back. It's okay, man. How'd that whole Nambla thing work out for you? Oh, it was great. I got my card laminated. It's awesome. Mm, cool. Sweet. Sort of. Uh, <laughs> well, it's good to have you back. And just in all fairness, um, Mike. That's a great reference, by the way. That's an old, it's an oldie, uh, but a goodie, Nick. That's a good one. I try. <laughs> in all fairness, Mike, you and I did uh, record another show that we sort of have in the hopper um, yes. to sort of release uh, because, our, our, you know, our schedules are all crazy right now, especially here at the end of the summer. And it, it's like almost the end of the summer, you know, in like two weeks. It'll be fall. And uh, wow. That but, went quick. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. But uh, I know uh, I get busy and you guys have been busy with stuff. So we just have been recording stuff as we can to, you know, make sure we get stuff out to the listeners uh, whenever you know, we might not be able to record a, uh, a regular episode. And uh, we had to do just that. And so consequently, things have been shifted a bit. We're going to be doing some listener feedback at the end of the show, which we were going to do last episode. But because it was a sort of a different kind of show, we uh, skipped that and decided to... Uh, Wait for our full lineup of hosts here to respond to all the very kind listeners who sent us uh, some goodness. So uh, that's uh, later on. First, of course, is our album review. And this is one I've been looking forward to, man. Um, So New Jersey Nick, this was your pick, brother. What do you have for us, man? Tell us about it. Tonight's pick, Double Brutal from Austrian Death Machine. This is almost a little hard to describe if you haven't heard them. Austrian Death Machine is a side project of created by Tim, Tim Lambesis from As I Lay Dying. It is, to my knowledge, the only Arnold metal band in the world. That is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Every song is inspired by an Arnold one-liner from a movie. Uh, Tim Lambesis does most of the music, uh, in fact, like almost all of it, I believe. And the lyrics, um, he comes up with himself. He is one of the singers. Well, I, I think he's the only one who's actually could be called a singer. He is joined on most songs by an Arnold impersonator saying funny shit uh, as Arnold. The songs, they're broken up with filler, which are for the, probably the best filler I've ever heard in an album at all. It's uh, little bits where Tim and Arnold are planning out the album or they get to know each other better. That might sound stupid, but I love this stupid <laughs> shit. Well, let's give the listeners uh, a little taste for this. This is not available on Spotify, unfortunately, but uh, you can it's get not. it. No, no. Pisser. Yeah. Look it up on YouTube. Uh, YouTube, of course, uh, is uh, uh, where you can probably listen to this right now. Of course, you can get it on Amazon and iTunes and everything like that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, right now I have uh, actually the very beginning minute of the second disc. This is a two-disc set. This is, uh, I think, a good representation of what you'll hear. So uh, this has all to do with Terminator 2. So here we go. Hey, Timmy, how are you? Good. Uh, so uh, listen, I, I heard you guys uh, totally doing some cover songs based on my movies, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So what song are you opening with? Well, I was thinking about doing the Terminator theme song. What do you think? Well, I mean, you know, that's, uh, that's a great tune and all that, but, uh, but it's no good if I don't sing it, right? I mean, what, what, is, uh, what is Terminator without Arnold? Well, you know it's an instrumental and it's a movie score and there's not really a whole lot you could do with it. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, listen to this. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Come on, you guys. Come on, play along with me. You know, and it's fire and all that, Linda Hamilton. All right, wow. So we should say the first disc is all original material uh, featuring such songs as Come on, Cohagen, Give These People Air, and uh, Who Is Your Daddy and What Does He Do Too? Come on, come on, do it, do it. Come on, come on, kill me, do it now. (laughs) And uh, other great stuff. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. But disc two is all covers of... um, Songs that are from soundtracks from different Arnold movies, like obviously the T2 theme, but also um, Trapped Under... Uh, or, or they're not all um, from, just from the soundtracks. They're also songs that might be somehow going along with an Arnold movie, like Trapped Under Ice, for where he played Mr. Freeze in uh, Batman and Robin, <laughs> um, of course, by Metallica, um, and, and a few other things. Uh, my... F- Oh well, we'll get into what I actually really like on that fucking album uh, later. But that is the way it goes. I don't know. I'll just give my thoughts on this. I I actually have very little as I lay dying listening experience. You know, uh, you know, a little bit here and there, especially lately because uh, of course Mr. Lambesis has been in the news. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I guess we should talk about that at the end because I can tell you about what's going on with the uh, next album. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so I've heard them here and there, and I like, uh, you know, I, I like their sound, and you know, like, uh, like their style of uh, metal, but uh, you know, I've just never really listened to them a whole lot, and I got to tell you, man, I listen to this, and now I really want to go back and listen to a lot of As I Lay Dying. I know this is going to be different, of course, because this is purely Tim. Uh, he does play, for all intents and purposes, everything on this album, um, mm-hmm. which is extremely impressive and i love people that can pull this off um he does have a few guest musicians for some solos and i think guitar parts and whatever here and there but this is pretty much all him um so much respect to uh, tim lambesis i'm actually uh, a fan of his um you know despite what personal things and whatever is going on um but man i really enjoyed this dude i'm so glad you brought this up um you know to me there's a fine line that you can walk you know you, you put out a a uh, a comedy metal album and it's either going to be really really funny or it's going to be really lame and terrible right. um and then there's the whole question of well d- does the music even hold its own 
without the comedy, you know, is the music quality? Is it good? Is it is this good metal music? And to me, this thing just rocks. I love the riffs. It's like got a thrash metalcore sound throughout the whole album. I love it. I love uh, Tim's voice. He does a lot of different things with his voice from, uh, you know, straight up singing to a lot of growls, screams, death metal things, and just he's all over the place. And uh, man, as a musician, I, I've really grown to respect him in listening to this. Um, I love the covers. I thought everyone was really good, um, you know, and we can go into specifics. But overall, I was blown away. And Nick, just thank you for making my life better. Well, thank them, man. There, I think that uh, I pretty much agree with you um, that I really enjoy um, the brutality of the album. I like, uh, damn, it's just so fucking heavy. Like when you take a band and you're a comedy metal band, you you look at like Psycho Stick, and I'm not really bringing them down. I mean, they're they're okay for what they are. I don't beer? know if you guys, yeah, not just beer. We they have plenty of good good songs, but you know. Everything is done with them with their tongue so far in their cheek that like every single song is just like we're taking the piss out of this. Now we're going to joke about that. You know, the, these, this album is played with like total sincerity that if you didn't know that these were Arnold <laughs> quotes, you would just think it was a regular fucking album. Right. You know, uh, and so, I actually, uh, I, I, you know, the second disc is kind of a little hit or miss with me. Um, some of the covers I like more than others. Some of the covers I fucking love, which I'll tell you about. But um, the first, uh, the first disc I love, mm-hmm. and I, I just love the whole CD. Yeah. Now, Mike, <laughs> tell me about this, man. Well, all right. Now, I, to be honest, I didn't hate this. And I won't pretend that I did to make it like the funny good cop, bad cop thing for the show. I didn't hate any of this. Um, I'd never even heard of this when Nick brought it up. And before I'd listened, I talked to my son about it because he says, uh, but hi, Alex, first time caller, long time listener, whatever. He, uh, he said, what, what are you guys doing for the show come up? And I said, well, Nick picked a band called Austrian Death Machine. And he went, oh, yeah, yeah. I've, he said, I've heard of them. I've heard, I've heard their stuff. And I said, well, what do you think about it? And he and in his quote to me, I have to look back and say, fuck, I really agree with my son. He says, you know what? For about 10 minutes, it's probably the best thing you've ever heard. <laughs> you know, you're like, this is great. He says, but then once the novelty of what it is, the further you get into the album, it kind of wears off. You're like, okay, well, it's not, it's not bad, but it's it's just not that dynamic, at least not to me. To, to be honest. I, I was thinking, I've got to find something really positive to say because I don't want to I don't want to be the asshole. And I and, and and I swear, I swear to you guys, I thought, you know what? At the end, I'm just gonna say, but the beauty of this is that Tim Lambesis probably does the best Arnold I've ever heard. And then I fucking went to Wikipedia and found out it wasn't even him. <laughs> and I was like, no, I've got to have one good thing to say. Uh, to be honest, the music is good. Um, the Arnold impersonation is really, really, I mean, Nick does a good one. Whoever does this does a phenomenal one. He may do it even better than Arnold does now, let's be honest. Arnold's kind of uh-huh. getting a little on the old shaky side. Yeah. But um, the music was good. I have a problem with, um, I, I'm not going to say electronic music, but I, I certainly don't. And I certainly spent my, my fair share of time listening to bands like Sisters of Mercy, you know, where you're going to hear a lot of electronic drums. But these drums sounded a little too triggered for me, a little too done in the studio uh, via computer. And I, I've always had a problem with that. 
I like to hear a bit of imperfection with my drums. That just it just lets me know that it's it's either uh, faked right or somebody reels laying it down. Um, and the guitars in this kind of were hit and miss. Um, Tim's good at what he does, and I, I don't mean to say that he's not, but I don't th think he's the best guitarist. But concept-wise, this is really funny stuff. And I did, I think uh, for me, "See You at the Party," Richter was probably the best song. But also, I know now, uh, am I crazy on this? Is this the? <laughs> don't hate me, and fans of of Austrian Death Machine, please give me a break. I'm new to this, but I realize as I'm going through the first album, not the second, and I, I did very much like the second album. The first album seemed to me a lot of the music started off the same. Uh, the guitars and drums. I'm like, what is this? Is this the ZZ Top of comedy metal? Because like to me, <laughs> ZZ Top could be could be one eight hour song. You could put yeah. all their shit together, and I would think it was one big song. I did notice that a lot with this, but I think that's also the trapping of having one guy do most of the music himself. That's kind of what happens. Well, you find a sound you think is yeah. great, and you you re and you you repeat it. You See, know. yeah, I, I I think that that is a fair criticism. If you're going to say anything bad about this, a lot of the songs um, lack variety, lack, uh, as your son said, dynamic, uh, a dynamic where they go from one thing to another. Um, and actually, the songs that I like best are the ones that are kind of broken up a little, which we'll get to when we discuss, you know, some individual songs later. Um, but when we uh, when when you listen to like their first album, that's actually why I'm not too into their first album because I think that their first album there's even less variety between the songs, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, when you, if I could compare this to another band real quick, um, I'm sure you guys know of Death Clock, yeah? I had that written <laughs> down mm -hmm. here, man. That's, that's See, crazy, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, they're a perfect comparison to this, where they're like a complete comedy band, uh, yet Death Clock, I think, has everything that you're saying that this band does not. And it's done by one guy because Brandon Smalls does fucking everything for Death Clock, you know? I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, yeah, man. Him and right. he's got a guy who does the drums for him. Uh, but he does everything else. And, um, you know, it, it's amazing. It, it, it's amazing that Tim Lambesis can do this. And in a way, it makes it even more amazing that Death Clock is the way it is. Um, I mean, I'm not saying one's better than the other or whatever because who? how could you... You know, I personally I like Death Clock more than Austrian Death Machine, but uh, um, but it's two totally different things, though. I mean, you it can, is you know, it is two. Yeah. Yes, exactly. They they have a little bit more wiggle room, if you will, in what they're doing. Uh, whereas this um, just kind of is what it is. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they both play on the same sense of humor, which is great, and they're both sort of uh, poking fun at uh, the quote brutality of metal. Yes. You know, and. Uh, it's uh, you got to love it. And uh, they both do it right, too. Um, you know, neither one comes off as over the top, even all the honored humor on this. You know, I did to me. It was never over the top and just like uh, any groaners. Right. You know, everything was right. like I loved it that honored was like constantly like almost uh, condescending toward Tim. You know, and calling him a girly man and, and, and just uh, the way he talked, he, he sort of talked down to him a whole lot. And it was just funny the way that and and again it's just a sort of pump up this image of yeah. Schwarzenegger and how big and brutal he is and he's just oh who are you with him you know I can't even do it right but the you know. the genius of this guy that did the impression it's, it's and it's any good impression you can even let a bad impression go if if the subject matter is spot on but this mm -hmm. guy has a great impression what I really I don't even know the guy's name but the nuances in his voice and the offhanded uh -huh, you know the kind of the, the bumping back and forth and the offhanded little comments and words on the way out 
it nailed it. I'm like this. I mean, and, and in the end, for me, I'm going to say that that made this for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I'm not I'm not a fan of this band, but it, this album was entertaining. I'm not going to sell it short. It was entertaining to listen to, and con- conceptually brilliant, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> right, man. Yeah. You, you know, especially like um, you're talking about how brilliant the impersonation is. He talks not like Arnold in a movie, but like if you've ever heard Arnold Schwarzenegger speak publicly, yeah. that right. is how he fucking yeah. talks. Like him personally, like he'll have little jokes on the side. Come on, you girly man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's all Arnold, dude. I mean, it's it, a guy who does his impression based strictly on verbatim what he's heard in a movie. Right. It, there's no range. But when you're comfortable, this, see, that's the beauty of this guy. He'd be just as comfortable at a PTA school night or at a party or at, at a at a Yoshinoya bullshitting over a bowl of, of, you know, chicken, talking with some guy offhandedly, candidly doing it this way. You can tell by the way he talks. That's yeah. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. Yeah. And it's a good point too, a very valid point about the the technicality, uh, the the production, I guess, on this because it, it is it, it is damn near perfect. You know, you don't hear any uh, any fumbled notes, any sort of noise, any any anything. You know, the drums are spot on, and it, you know it leads me to believe. I was listening to this, and it actually never crossed my mind. You know how how much maybe Pro Tools tweaking they did or triggering uh, that they actually did because I'm like, man. Tim, he's not only a great guitarist, you know, he, he pulls off some great riffs on here. Oh, yeah. uh, but man, it's a whole different set of skills to be a great drummer, especially a death metal drummer, you know, the double bass and uh, a lot of the timing and stuff and uh, the nuances and, and dynamics. It, it's tough. It's very different than being a guitarist. And I know this because I attempt to do it myself. And maybe that's why I just have so much respect for it. But in retrospect, now that you brought that up, it's like... Yeah, this, you know, I'm wondering how much post-tweaking was put into this to really polish it up, because this thing is super polished, mm-hmm. you know, right. and uh, never thought of it that way, but that's, that's something, I don't know, I guess I was enjoying it so much, and I was just really right. impressed by the quality of the music, <laughs> it, uh, you know, the riffs, man, it, they're just really brutal, really ripping, and, uh, you know, I, I was so much yeah. into it where, you know, I, I, and normally that's a thing, you know, I do like my, my music a little bit raw. You know, I, I do like things a little bit, you know, it brings it down to a more human level, a little more mm-hmm. grassrootsy kind of thing, I guess. Um, it makes me think that I might be able to play it, too. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. it's not perfect. <laughs> See, and, maybe, and it's de- you know, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, maybe that's, that's I, I don't know, I, I was, I think, enjoying the, the comedy and just the, the overall yeah. experience so much that that never even crossed my mind. I mean, uh, yep. Sorry, go ahead, man. No, no, no. I, I, you had, you had, you had. Oh no, I was just yeah. going to agree with you. So there you go. I, I was going to agree <laughs> with, with Mike no. on, um, you know, it's definitely something that I noticed that it is like extremely engineered, and I thought a lot of that might have to do with, um, the, uh, you know, working in the impersonations and stuff, so that uh, it could, um, you, you know, you want to be able to hear the Arnold impersonation yeah. <laughs> as well as the music, and I think that that has something to do with it. Um, and I and I definitely noticed that, like, you know, some of the first times I listened to this album, I'd, I'd ask my son about that because he he's in a band, and my my complaint mainly about his music, his band's music, is that I said it, it, I hear your drums, and to me, your drums are completely done on a computer. And I said, and sometimes they sound a little more live than others. I said, but I can tell. And he said to me. He says, you know what, Dad, 
the way you recorded drums when you were in a band, he says, no one does it that way anymore unless you're like a large live band in a studio. He says, he says, most bands now are doing it electronically. And of course, they can usually back it up live, but I guess the drums I'm used to hearing are being recorded less and less. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know. um, just another uh, another band that we'll probably talk about in the future, and I'm sure we'll reference, but uh, one to me that I always admired, their drummer and everything, and then it, it sort of brought me down whenever he was like, oh yeah, I use triggers. Uh, at least uh, live. I don't know. I, I don't know about the studio. He was talking about live because um, it's it's much harder to represent a really, really good tight drum sound live, especially in a metal band. But uh, Fear Factory. Raymond. Yeah. yeah Raymond. Like, he's talking about Raymond, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he was another guy, you know, that uh, another drummer is just so tight. And uh, I'm I'm not sure he actually has any arms because I, I think he just plays all all bass drum pretty much. And, and, <laughs> and that's about it. But uh, anyhow, that's not to take away from. What no, he has when I first amazing. heard "Fear is the Mind Killer," my head spun around. What is this? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah Raymond's. Uh, anyway, well, yeah. another show. Yeah, we'll talk but uh, I, you know, and yeah. I think a good topic is uh, you know bringing up about triggers and and using you know as opposed to live sound, miking everything and and doing it that way. Um, just sort of what what the ins and outs of that are and the how you how you listen to music knowing that it was electronically produced versus a live sound you know i think that opens up a lot of a lot of discussion there it's uh it's almost like you know we we do our horror podcasting you know it's almost like uh it's sort of akin to like CGI versus practical effects when it comes to gore and stuff like <laughs> wow, that. Wow, that's you know great, I mean? man. <laughs> can I make can I can I make an apology first to our entire listening audience? I just pissed and moaned about electronic drums, and I've I've listened to everything Ministry's ever done and enjoyed it. So I should just shut the fuck up. If I'm to be honest with you, fuck me and my dumb opinion. Please enjoy well, yeah. this music. Never mind what I'm saying. It's all context, though. You listen to Ministry, and it's obvious you're listening to. You know, all synth and samples, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and programming. But that's who they are, man. Yeah, and you know it. You're in there and you accept it. So that's like your mindset for that. But for something, for something like a straight up metal band, um, it, it's almost like they're trying. Are they trying to fool us into thinking that they're just that good and that tight, you know, or are they just trying to give us the best uh, audio experience that they possibly can, and maybe respecting us that way and not really pulling the wool over our eyes from a production standpoint. I think it all depends on the live show. Yeah. They lose, that they, they're using triggers live. You know, Ray does it live. Yeah, that's true. And okay. so, it, you know, it's all the guy guy at the sound booth at that point who's <laughs> more He's responsible. He's stare. Can you see? Is he sweating? No. That bastard. It's all triggers. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with regards to Double Brutal, do you guys want to mention any songs that's, uh, you know, um, pop out to you individually or stand above the rest in your opinion? Uh, I, I enjoyed, you know, talking about variety. Uh, one of the ones that stood out to me as far as this was, uh, you know, a little bit different than the other songs because it was a little, it was a little slower in parts and a little more, I'd call it like a grindcore metalcore sort of sound rather than thrash, which is, uh, I think the predominant uh, way you can categorize this, uh, is, uh, who told you you could eat my cookies? I knew it. Yes. <laughs> I love that, man. Who told you? You know, they slow it down a little bit. It's <laughs> it's it's heavier and a little thicker. And I, I just, I, I really love that. And that's from Jingle All the Way, which is crazy, because we're talking about a lot of action films here and, and right. stuff. And they included, like, Jingle All the Way and well, Kindergarten Cop and things like that. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but they did release a uh, Christmas album. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, All like an EP. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Right. Uh, I, uh, I've never heard the one though, um, but yeah, they do have a 
a I guess it's just an EP, but a very brutal Christmas from Austrian <laughs> Death Machine. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, who, oh, that one's funny too because it, that one plays on metal more than it does just like Arnold or whatever. Because yeah. uh, you know, it starts with him going. <laughs> if you're going to sound like Cookie Monster, you might as well write a song about cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Who told you? <laughs> and plus, like the screaming in that is just funny as fuck too. When he's like, "I don't want you in my house." <laughs> I love that shit, dude. I laugh when I fucking hear that song. Oh yeah. Still, and I've had this album for a couple of years now. What it come out in 2009 or 2010? Yeah, 2009. Yeah, dude. It's fun, man. Uh, Mike, was there anything that stood out to you at all, even any of the bits or anything? Oh, okay. I loved all of the bits. Like I said, that was for me. That was the highlight because I thought the guy was so. Um, and and see and see, I thought it was Tim. So I'm like, check him out, fucking playing off himself, motherfucking do Arnold, but doesn't expect to pay more than a grand to get a wife bumped. I don't understand this nonsense. <laughs> but <laughs> I, but the dude, yeah. Uh, like I said, conceptually, it was great. When they sat down and wrote it out, um, it was just – you knew it was going to be good. The bits were all good. Musically, um, I, uh, I think See with the Party Richter musically was probably – it had enough bumps in the middle of it to kind of get me you know, like, all right, I, li- I like this one. Uh, and off the first album, yeah, I mean, okay, well, Corey kind of took my – you know, they <laughs> told you to get my cookies was great. But uh, looking at the second album – um, I'm a big Misfits fan, so um, looking around, oh, wait, man, Martian and Killing is My Business. Ah, I like it better than the Megadeth version. How's that? <laughs> so, <laughs> what does that tell you? I don't know. Well, good stuff. Uh, with, with the first album, I really like um, I Need Your Clothes, Your Boots, and Your Motorcycle because that one is just fun to yell around with. Uh, I need your mo, 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 you know? Fun shit. Um, but the second album is where like there are a couple of songs that I absolutely like really love. First off, the T2 theme cover is so fucking cool that I can't watch Terminator and hear the Terminator theme without wanting to hear the cover instead. It was awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. I want Terminator 5 to start with that, man, because it's fucking awesome. Uh, that is beautiful. Um, let me see what else we got there. My uh, oh, Also, a song I fucking love is the very last one, the Agnostic Front cover. Yes. Of uh, awesome. Gotta Go, because they take it, and first off, they Arnoldize it, or whatever you want to call it, with <laughs> adding it, come on, Cyberdyne, become self-aware, you have to run, this isn't the refrain, it's a warning, you know? I love that. And plus, it's, it's also like, the Agnostic Front song, if you ever heard it, is actually like, so bare bones, I mean, as Agnostic Front is, yeah. uh, that it's kind of nice to hear like a, uh, a full version, that you know, like a fully... Um, one that fully appreciates the the source material and is also just um, fucking rocking <laughs> and funny all at the same time. Like to get all that in on one song, that is Austrian Death Machine to me. Damn it! I didn't hear that one. I'm gonna be honest you didn't? with you. Didn't oh, I? Didn't hear man. that track. And I love Agnostic. I, yes. Oh, son of a bitch! All right, I'm gonna reserve that. Probably my favorite song is gonna be track 11. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> I did not hear that. If I'd have known, oh. I would have gone to that one first. All right. You want well, me to send you a link to it so you can hear it now? And- no, I've, I've got it. I just I can't cue it up now and listen because we're oh. doing the show. All right, all right. Wow. I, I think I, 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 I... Damn it. 
No, I, I really dig the variety. Like, he didn't just go for, like, uh, you know, thrash bands like Metallica and Megadeth. And, you know, he didn't... He really covered the, the gamut uh, as far as metal and even going into punk and some hardcore, you know, with Agnostic Front and the Misfits. But uh, that Priest cover, man, Hellbent for Leather? Yeah. Dude, I'm not a huge Priest fan. I appreciate them and stuff, and I know their place in history, blah, 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 blah. But, dude... <laughs> they rocked that one. That was uh, that was really really cool, and mm-hmm. uh, Motorhead as well. Which I you know I I, I dig Motorhead. Um, I actually um, didn't like the uh, Metallica cover, Trapped Under Ice. Oh really? I didn't either. Yeah, I, I wasn't either. really into the. Uh, did you say you didn't hear it or you didn't like it? I didn't like it either. I I'm so I'm tired of the song in general. So yeah, even it's not one of myself. I'm like, Ugh. right. It's not one of my favorite Metallica songs at all, and. Um, then hearing it covered, I really didn't like the direction that they took it in. Uh, but I do like the bit that precedes it, the time travel, the Metallica <laughs> conspiracy. Yes. Oh, that was great. So Metallica, they went to the future, and they learned all the the lines from my cool song, or to turn into a cool song. You know, I love that shit. <laughs> you know, that's crazy, because I, I was actually going to mention that one as one of the highlights. Again, uh, something that, you know, that one of the tracks I enjoyed. Uh, off of this disc, I really like this song and the way they did it. Um, well, I don't know. Have there been a lot of covers of this come out and and everything? Because I, I, I think part of it was like, oh, wow, that's, that's like a really cool Metallica song to choose to cover because, you know, not many people cover it. I've never heard a a cover of this. And I haven't either. Oh, oh, okay. Not that I know of, uh, but, uh, no, I couldn't even think of one. You know, I, I, I dig it. You know, it's off of, one of my favorite albums of theirs, and it's a little bit more obscure, you know. And again, I just I like when they go out and pick more obscure things, which uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's cool. I thought he did justice to it. So, man. And that what was I one will say is, these guys could have easily taken the easy, uh, overdone route, and you know, uh, started off with the "It's not a tumor" over and over and over. You know what I mean? That was just so beaten down. At least they jumped all kinds of stuff and well, yeah, went I mean, throughout his, his history. Thing. That's and obscure thing. movies, yeah. too. I mean, when you're doing yes. Kindergarten Cop, come on, you're <laughs> digging deep. So I do appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, I think the level of taste and thought that went into this um, and the sense of humor overall, it, it was just a fantastic, fantastic experience. What'd you guys think? Uh, who said that uh, they liked uh, uh, Mike? You said you liked the, the Megadeth song, Killing Is My Business. Yeah. And uh, well. I don't like the original song by Megadeth, so ah. anything on that is an improvement oh, for me. No. So, yeah. to be honest, there you go. it was back when Megadeth was really drunk and really sloppy, back at the end of, hey, look at all this cocaine in those days. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, to be honest, that, that was the, uh, that was my least, is my least favorite Megadeth album across the board. It just wasn't that, you know, wasn't very tight. Um, so, anything off of that is, a, anything redone on that is good for me. What'd you think of that, uh, Nick? The Megadeth. Um, the Megadeth one. Uh, I could. I kind of like it. I mean, I'm, I don't even know if I ever heard the original song because I'm not that into Megadeth. Uh, but um, I kind of like it. But it's not like a standout for me. I guess. I guess it's more like just uh, something that is in the background. I could take or leave, sort of. But I enjoy. I enjoy it now that I think about it. But it's not one that jumps out. The other uh, one that I'd like to talk about specifically, and uh, Mike, I think you brought this up uh, before, I believe, the Misfits cover, I Turned Into a Martian. Mm -hmm. Um, They really uh, did something different with this. Um, What were your thoughts on this, Mike? 
Well, it's uh. like a, it's a it's a weird like he does like a growling death metal sort of dual high and low screaming thing for the uh, verses, and then he goes into a, a more traditional singing voice, which for him it's um, he does like this weird range <laughs> like I turned into a Martian. Whoa, you know, really, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, so before I, I I could I could keep going with that thought, but Mike, I'd like to. Hear what you Grab your guitar. Overall. Let's do. Let's do it live. Get the guitar out. No, no. Um, all I have is no. ukulele right here. <laughs> oh, well, listen, tiny bubbles. Come on, we'll do it. We'll do misfits. Uh, tiny bubbles. I turned into a Martian. Tim Lambesis. More than a thousand bucks. Who are you fucking kidding? All right. Uh, wow. um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I was rereading the story tonight and just can't stop shaking my head. All right. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy any time the misfits as the misfits get any real props. Um, so the fact that he picked this out to do, I thought was great. Uh, the way he did it, of course, well, it was interesting, but I, I, I like to hear, I, I'm a junkie for Misfits. I'll take, I have compilations of all kinds of bands uh, doing Misfits. I've got, I've got a, well, I'm sure you probably have it too. I have a really good version of Prong doing London, London Dungeon. Oh yeah. So, I mean, so, the, uh, is that Violent World? I think yeah. Off Violent World. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm a junkie for any any misfits covers or any ramones covers for some reason uh, ramones wasn't very complex music but to hear other people's uh, variations of it always seemed to keep me interested so yeah i did enjoy i turned into a martian uh very differently but then he kind of goes back to that weird style but um let's face it the misfits were kind of weird too i mean when you listen to it now um and danzig still kind of keeps kind of his i don't know now, the music has changed so much for Glenn, but he still keeps that kind of haunting that oh kind of howl thing he does. Oh yeah. So uh, so I mean, uh, I did like it, and 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 it took it took uh, I don't know guts to do any of these songs, let alone something like the Misfits, where their fans are pretty hardcore and don't usually like things done outside the box. Though some of them still accept Jerry as the singer of the Misfits, which oh, uh, I God. like. I like Jerry, but it's I'm sorry, it's not the fucking Misfits. It's got Dez, and I don't even think Robo's drumming anymore. But oh, a whole other show. God, man, don't start me. <laughs> sorry. <sighs> yeah. I did like it, though, so uh, uh, kudos to Tim for uh, picking a good song, uh, stepping yeah. a little bit outside of his comfort zone, uh, to put that down. Yeah. So, Nick, are you a Misfits fan? Are you one of these diehards? Or Oh, no. I uh, When I was younger, I was not into the Misfits, so I discovered them later on. So I've heard, um, you know, I've heard, like, quintessential misfits songs here and there uh i've even seen them live uh with well with not, not the not the yeah. real misfits i know i saw jerry only oh. when he was playing with uh who was it marky ramon and somebody who used to be in black flag i think right yeah des yeah that was about 10 years ago and um they were they rocked but um they were like they're just a sloppy punk band do you know what i mean yeah like uh, well, they kind of always your, were though. It's I mean, the that's, Jerry Only Band. It's not the Misfits. Yeah. It's the Jerry Only Band. Yeah, so and they played like half Misfits songs and half Ramon covers. Oh, um, weird. Which was fun. It was a fun show, and it was actually like I was just kind of kind of dreading dreading what it was going to be, and I enjoyed it, um, for what it was hmm. at the time. And you know, I I would even like go see them again if they would play like a cheap show around here, just because I thought it was fun. But um, I'll go see them if they bring Doyle back to the band. Jesus. See, I don't uh, know. And Graves. And Graves. Yeah, you know what? And I, I, I love Danzig, but I tell you what, I can't tell you how much I Oh, never mind. Oh, why am I going to turn this into the Misfits show and how Michael Graves, <laughs> in a lot of ways, is actually better in, in Misfits than Glenn? And that's just the fucking wow. truth. But, but 
Big statement I, for well, a non-misfit show. Right. So I'm going to stop right there. Wow. You motherfuckers know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Hold that thought. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just an interesting thing, though. When I was in like high school, I tried to avoid punk as much as possible because I was in high school um, in the late 90s when punk was like, you know, Blink-182. So like anything that was labeled as punk, I was like, just no thanks. <laughs> you know, so I missed stuff like the Misfits and even like Agnostic Front who get grouped in with like hardcore punk. Uh, but I've come to, you know, um, I've got a couple of Misfits albums, but they're old. What year were you born, Nick? Uh, 1981. The Misfits were playing before, before you were even born. You might have been conceived <laughs> to a uh, Misfits pr- album. Probably mm-hmm. not. If you knew my parents, you'd know that that would <laughs> have been entirely <laughs> incidental. Well, dude, that could have been oh, all. No. I mean, the Misfits actually go back to like mm-hmm. early 70s. I mean, they were, yeah. you know, Glenn yeah. was jamming on stuff, you know, way back when he was in high yeah. school on a lot of this stuff. So, uh, not and, fr- and from Lodi, so not that yes. far from you, sir. Right. That's right. true. Mm. Right. And Grave, yeah, Michael Graves is from uh, Jersey as well. He's, he, you know, everyone grew up around New Jersey. I mean, man, the weird right. energy going on out there. I, I don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, so now uh, I, I assume you've heard, you know, I, I've, I've turned into a Martian, uh, the original one, um, you know, at least a few times before hearing this cover. And uh, what'd you think of it, Nick? Was this a, was this a good. Uh, representation or a good take on the song or well what i liked about it too was um kind of like what you said about some of the other songs um this one at least was a little bit different than the rest of the album so it does stand out more in my head um not one of my favorite songs on the album but still uh a fun enough cover yeah and the reason i'm i'm uh concentrating so much on this is because uh of all the bands they covered here the misfits is probably nearest and dearest to my heart because i'm i'm I just love, love that band. Uh, well, Agreed. up to a point. Michael Graves leaves, and that's that's where I don't love them anymore <laughs> at all. But, um, you know, I started... Oh, you don't like Project 1950, where they do, like, uh, uh, Runaway? Come on. That was brilliant. Like, it's Ooh. like... <laughs> all right, it's like you're at a wedding reception, and the bride's dad gets drunk and gets up on the microphone of the band that's playing and decides to belt out all these... Ballads. Uh, I can't. Just don't get me started. Don't get me Jesus, started. He, oh. he just wants to sing "Oh Solo Mio." Let him do it. Let him get it. He'll sit down. Yeah. He's drunk. Let him do it. Then he goes on for forty-five <laughs> minutes. Oh my God! He's singing "Seasons in the Sun." Somebody, please sit him down. <laughs> sit him down. Sorry. Anyhow, this is the one I'm going to be most critical of because, again, I love the Misfits, and I, this is one of my favorite songs of the Misfits, and um, it's really hard to to do. And I appreciate that he did it. And that he, you know, the Misfits was even in, in his mind at all. Because, you know, Tim Lambasis, you know, he's a, somewhat of a Christian guy. Holds some sort of Christian beliefs, you know. Is, you know I'm not sure exactly how devout he is. But he's expressed those kinds of things. So the Misfits, you know, they're sort of an edgier band. You know, play on some, you know, occult things. So just that he did that is really, really cool. Um and uh, picked a great song. But uh, I'll tell you what, I, I dig this song up until the chorus. And man, I am so underwhelmed by his mid-range sort of sort of apathy. Droning? Yeah, it's like okay. a drone. It's sort of like I got to the chorus and I don't care. I turned into a Martian. Whoa. Yeah, I think it you was know, a... it's like... Okay, but have, you heard, have you heard Glenn sing live lately? 
Well, lately, Glenn, yeah. Glenn can't carry a tune in a fucking bucket anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's it's rough. But back in the you day, know? man, I'm sorry. Back okay. In, you know. No. All right. No, I know. I, I like I said, I'm with you. It, it it was, but I'm glad he stepped outside of his comfort zone to do it. At least he showed some respect. He could have picked anybody. I mean, he he's 32. I mean, so I don't know how much this was in his wheelhouse when he was young. But uh, yeah, it's just not the greatest cover, but it was kind of cool. Yeah, know, for me, I, I think I just like the idea that he did it, and maybe yeah. not the execution of it totally. Um, you know, again, I, I I like the the death metal growls and stuff, and you know, he he pulls it off pretty well. But I just I just I'm like this chorus is so uninspired. Wait, you're right. Why am I fighting for a band that I don't even fucking like? Yeah, Damn, fuck <laughs> come on, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to Devil Horns Podcast. Tonight we're discussing The Misfits and some other band. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so, I, I sort of let it down that path myself. <laughs> you but, did. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, okay. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. You bring a band that's making Arnold songs and you're worried that we're fucking around? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Nick, Double I would Arnold. hug you if you were here. What are you talking about? Come here. <laughs> Nick's on stage singing fucking Seasons in the Sun. Uh, let him sing. Let him sing. All right, all right. Well, overall, you know, obviously, Nick, you would you would recommend this for for metalheads to go. Oh out. yeah, you know, people with a sense of humor. Um, even people important. without a sense of humor, I'll tell you to listen to it anyway, and I hope you're disappointed, you <laughs> fucking loser. They might develop one after this, though. It is funny. Yeah, it's wonderful. I'd I'd recommend it to Arnold fans. I played this for people who are not metal fans, and they're like, you know what? That's kind of perfect. Because that's exactly like if you're going to take an Arnold quote and do something with it, other than make a YouTube mashup of all your favorite Arnold quotes, make a band <laughs> and write songs about it. It's a good idea. And part of it is that I love the source material. I obviously I just said I grew up in the '80s. Um, do you think I haven't seen like a million Arnold movies? <laughs> do you think I didn't grow up quoting them? Because uh, to me, he was like what McBain is on The Simpsons. Right. If you. If you get that, you're my friend. But uh, like, that's exactly like what it is. It's just that goofy sort of like campy but badass at the same time. You know, that is Arnold. Uh, it, fuck, even like his new movie that came out this year, I totally loved. Um, what the fuck was it? Last Stand. Oh yeah. I, I'm just a loser for Arnold. So something like this totally, totally is awesome. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. This has a lot of crossover potential. You know, for people that uh, aren't metalheads. Uh, you know, you, you play this for somebody that happens to know a lot of, of Arnold films, uh, and they can totally, I think, appreciate this and would probably listen to this, you know, maybe put this into rotation at some point, um, <clears throat> of what they listen to just for the comedy value, you know, not that they're rocking out because these are great riffs and this is a really heavy album, but man, the way that, <laughs> the way they portray him on this is just classic and brilliant. So, you know, that's, that's a, that's a good, uh, good point. I had, I, might, uh... I had to mute my mic a second ago. I was laughing so hard because I had a thought <laughs> that for all the deep digging that Tim did and for all the cool quotes that he pulled and, and this guy that he brought in, I'm so now I'm so pissed off. They didn't pull at least one from Hercules in New York. <laughs> oh, man. Dude. Where, where they, they could have done it in the regular man voice because it wasn't exactly. Arnold's like, this is fantastic. I love this city. <laughs> oh like, my god! That's man. not Arnold. They should have done that for the joke, joke. But yeah, right, sorry. right, dude. As a hidden track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. Maybe next out. Maybe on triple brutal. And it is in the works. 
It is, yep. uh, we're, we're not quite sure where it is, of course, because of everything going on. But uh, Tim, the latest I think we heard from Tim is, I mean, they, they're working on it. And mm-hmm. there there is progress. I mean, they have recorded yeah. and... So they're, uh... Tim recorded everything before. Um, if you're wondering what we're tiptoeing around, we should mention. <laughs> I'm kicking Tim it around. Went... I'm not tiptoeing around shit. I'm kicking that ball straight across the <laughs> yeah. field. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, man. The motherfucker, Tim Lambesis from As I Lay Dying and Austrian Death Machine, has been arrested. Um, and it was because he uh, apparently hired a hitman to kill his wife, except the hitman was an undercover officer. Uh-oh. So... Um, he well, it, allegedly, I should say, allegedly. allegations at this point. So. But I'm pretty yeah. sure that it, he did something stupid, despite yeah. his, um, uh, you know, claims to being a Christian guy. I believe he is currently going, and I'm not joking when I say this. He's going with the the steroids made me do it defense. Are you seen, kidding me? I, I'm not, dude. As seen in wow. many pro wrestling uh, drama, <laughs> uh, courtroom dramas. Yes, the steroids made him do it. He says, and. Uh, wow. That's uh, the best he's got. Right now he's on house arrest, although before that happened, he did record all his parts. Um, Arnold has now done his parts. Now they enter what we assume is the massive mastering and engineering phase. So... (laughs) Timmy, how come you keep calling my house trying to borrow a thousand dollars? Thought you made money with your career. <laughs> As hey, Jesus, so, you've been praising so, him in your music for so long. Oh, so I don't know why my my fucking Arnold sounds like Oscar the Grouch, or more like that fucking <laughs> that uh, who was that dog that used to shit on people in the Star Wars line? Like, which one of these buttons calls your parents to come pick you up? That's more like my Arnold. Oh I'm God. sorry. Triumph, Triumph, the comic insult dog. Oh my god, uh, dude! Well, hats right. off to you guys because I'm not even gonna try an Arnold. Uh, uh, well, I impersonation think we here because the, the uh, fans want to hear it now. Where is your Arnold? Uh, come on! What are you talk. guys doing? <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's good. Great. Fuck, dude! Every oh time god. I don't know what to say in the song, I just go blah blah blah. That's really good. <laughs> uh, uh, come on, Cohagen. Get down! Okay, get down where? I don't know. That's uh, as far as my impersonation. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna do. So. Oh man, that's that great. My throat hurts now. Uh, so, anyhow, uh, uh, would you recommend this album, Corey? Absolutely, hands down. This is brilliant, man. It's uh, a lot of fun. You're you're gonna laugh. You're gonna you know your neck's gonna hurt because you're headbanging so much. I think to so oh, much. Yeah. And, and uh, again, I I, I appreciate uh, Tim as an artist. And again, I you know I I can separate all the all the drama and all the personal things that he has from the, the talent that he the obviously yeah. Yeah, uh, possesses. Um, I mean, just so much respect for this guy uh, that he can do this and, and keep up a, a very uh, busy and productive as I lay dying schedule, uh, which he did all around this. This is a side project and mm-hmm. obviously a lot went into this, but uh, he was still touring. He was recording, doing everything with as I lay dying. He was, you know, putting out contracts on his wife and everything, you know, that's a lot of stuff to juggle. So, it's uh <laughs> So your name is Red and you're only charging me a grand. This sounds totally legit. Here's the keys. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so um Mike, can you recommend this to people? And um wh- I mean, would you just put it out there, you know, to people that uh, either like metal or you know have a, a sense of humor? Would you just 
If you recommend us to a you know, uh, general... I like how Corey people. just gave me the path. Mike, please recommend it along these lines. Stop shitting on this path. Uh, yeah, I'm actually yeah, I'm trying to whittle it down to a path where you so can just say yes. So for people that like Tim Lambesis or Arnold Schwarzenegger, would you recommend yes. it for the... I would actually say, in general... Yeah, I would recommend this for anybody who, who likes this style of metal, people who like to laugh. It wasn't exactly my cup of tea, but I never said it was bad music because it's not. And I thought the, the pieces in between the comedy were really funny, really original, and really well done. So my hat's off to Tim as well. Um, it, takes, it takes a lot to make a good album in your regular band nowadays, let alone a side project to have one, two, and even a third upcoming album. It's going to be solid. If you listen to these first two, third one's going to be good as well. It wasn't exactly my cup of tea musically, but it doesn't mean it was bad. So I would certainly recommend this for anybody. Cool, cool. And thank you once again, Nick. No, man. no problem, man. Oh. I, I uh, wanted to pick something that was, you know, off the beaten path. Everybody thought, oh, Metallica, Megadeth. No, Nick picked uh, Austrian Death Machine. Ooh. Oh, yes. Well, uh, for our next um, album review, um, I don't remember uh, if we announce it now or if uh, we announce it during the episode, but it's my turn. For the next one, and uh, I know I announced this to you guys, and you've been listening to it, but uh, mm-hmm. it's another album, although, I, you know, I'm not going to say what it is right now, but it's another album that uh, blows me away because this is another guy that did everything himself. Um, he, he literally uh, wrote and recorded every part. Uh, he performed everything himself and uh, recorded it in a uh, basement studio uh, that is of his own doing. And uh, so... So that's all I'm going to say about it. But uh, again, it, it sort of ties into to this whole thing. And when I learned that Tim did uh, pretty much everything himself on this, I uh, had that much more respect. But uh, so that's uh, what we have to look forward to next in our uh, album review, which is going to be two episodes from now. But uh, next up, we're going to respond to some listener feedback. Um, so uh, stay tuned. We're going to play some goodness for you. And then we will be right back. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Opening music for Devil Horns is taken from the song Killdozer by Strychnia from their EP Reanimated Monstrosity. Find Strychnia at facebook.com forward slash Strychnia. We partied too hard, so now our bodies are in terrible shape. So we gotta trick the doctor by making it seem like we're in really good shape. And there's only one way to do that bleach. Here, drink this Murphy. Ah, uh, maybe this sounds a stupid question, but why don't we just pour bleach into our cups of urines? No! Drink the bleach! Bleach is healthy. It's mostly water. And we're mostly water. Therefore, we are bleach. Well, as always, we are very appreciative towards all the listeners that A, you listen to the show in the first place, and B, that you put forth the effort to respond to us uh, either via our voicemail line or uh, email or the website contact form or even some comments that uh, you post about our episodes right on the website there. It's, it's really, really cool. We're getting some great discussion. Um, but before I get into these specific comments, I just got to give a shout-out to Blood Duster on Facebook. Because, dude, they, they link to us, uh, to our, uh, our specific episode, and they say, hey, um, and I'm, I'm not going to try to uh, do an Australian accent again because that's, uh, that's just bad news. But... Um, they say, "Hey, listen to these cunts, you know, talk about us on their go on about it, uh, about one of our I forget what they said, but something. Listen to this episode about what they said." And uh they, you know, of course, you know, we're cunts, we're we're poofdas, uh we're Yankees, 
Mm-hmm. What else? A lot of a lot of great language actually um, used to describe <laughs> us, but uh, that brought a, actually a lot of traffic, especially from Australia, uh, to our show, to our website, and we really appreciate that. And, yeah. Um, so that was uh, that was really great. So thanks, and, Jason. Consider coming on for an interview. We'd love to chat with you anytime. Yes, please. Even if you hate us, come on. And I know it's not hate. It's just that's the attitude, you know. And it's it's what it's all about. It's a good time. <laughs> it's going to be hate if any one of us do an Australian impersonation during this. But yeah, I'll tell exactly. you what. Yeah. <laughs> Bex, it's Australian for beer. Yeah, I know they that's do terrible. Have, they do have good beer. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tiptoe. Australia, New Zealand <laughs> well, no, has some I, kick-ass beer. I did that for two reasons. One, because it's a really really bad Australian accent, and two, because actually. Uh, and I've heard this from a bona fide Australian. Um, Bex, it's actually sort of a joke in Australia because it's pretty much the shittiest beer you you know you could drink in Australia, and it's just marketed that way because it comes you know it's out of there. But there is so much better beer in Australia yeah. than Bex. Yeah. Like Bex is like you know old Milwaukee or something here. You know like like <laughs> it's uh so anyhow just to throw that I out like. there. And, and, th- and keep calling us, folks, because as far as yes. most Americans know, Australia is just a, a little island with one red rock in the middle and lots of people in weird cars fighting for gasoline in a big circle around it. So the fact that you're calling in and, and leaving us messages uh, about one of your favorite hometown bands, we love it and thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. So um, we did get a voicemail this week. This was actually from a fellow podcaster, somebody that's uh, just hooked up with us. Uh, we've been talking on Facebook, and he linked to us, and it was very cool. It's from another metal podcast that you guys should go and check out called Sons of Metal. And uh, we are friends with them, and I think uh, I may have linked to them at some point on uh, on our Devil Horns page. But if we haven't, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll put a link up on uh, the show notes to where you guys can find out more about them. But these are some uh, fellow brothers in metal here. And uh, uh, the son of Odin, who is one of the hosts of this show, was kind enough to call in on his thoughts on what we've been talking about up until that point. So uh, this is, uh, you know, a good, I think, five or six minutes. I haven't listened to it myself, but um, we'll see what we're in store for. So uh, sit back and uh, we'll respond to our uh, thoughts on what son of Odin has to say. Hi, gents. This is Sun Odin over the Sons of Metal podcast. Your competition. Who's going to crush you? No. Anyway, I was just messing with you. Anyway, plenty of room for other great metal podcasts out there. And after your first few episodes, I would count you as one of them. Anyway, meant to call about the Metallica episode. Naturally, years of self and just masochism at the hands of Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, Johnny Walker, and also their friends, Jose Cuervo and Emilio Bacardi. But anyway, I forgot to call until your second episode rolled out, so I figured I'd better do it now before I forget again. Anyway... Uh, Metallica, boy, that's a uh, long topic to talk about here. Now, uh, disclaimer, I'm about 40 years old, so I'm roughly about the same age as Mike, so there you go. Uh, So my first Metallica album I ever listened to was Master of Puppets, which a friend had in his car, and that fucking changed my life, I'd say at least. I was pretty much sold in the band at that point and really tracked down their back catalog. Uh, uh, where'd you go, where'd you go, go? Uh, anyway, uh, probably one of the things I would mention about Metallica, which I always thought was that they were one of the few bands I always thought sounded better live than they did on their studio albums, which is something I usually don't say very often, because usually I dislike live albums a lot, because it just seems like the band kind of falters a little bit, and you kind of wonder how much post-production stuff goes into everything. But for me, Metallica, the way the songs got modified... 
when they uh, played, they took on a whole new value. I mean, it's why, like, a lot of the Load songs, to me, actually sounded a lot better on the S&M album than they did on the Load albums, obviously. Um, now, I'm of the old school. I believe that the uh, holy trilogy there of uh, Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, and, and Just for All are probably the three greatest albums in Metallica's history and three of the better metal albums of all time. Uh, but um, actually, interestingly enough, probably my favorite Metallica album is one you guys didn't mention, and that would be the box set, or at least it was at the time, of the uh, Live Ship Binge and Purge uh, set, which included the uh, concerts from, uh, there was one in Mexico, and there was another early one from Justice for All on that one. And that was actually the tour I saw them on. That was a really good tour. Um, interestingly enough, it was right after Jason shaved his head, so that was kind of odd uh, seeing a bald guy playing bass when Jason had that kind of uh, side-shaved, long hair thing going on, but then uh, he was all bald. I mean, that was an awesome tour because it was a suicidal tendencies banded with the original lineup and obviously Metallica. Um, probably the best concerts I've ever been to, quite frankly, and saw that at Riverfront Stadium there in Cincinnati. Uh, Starship 95 or 96, I believe, was the tour name. Uh, anyway, it was just an awesome show. Um, only time I've seen them so far. But, uh, yeah, like I was saying, Metallica to me is just, God, they were just so good live. And it's just, um, like I said, all the songs just seem to take on a whole new dimension and everything. Now, one of the things you kind of you know, balked on or something or seemed apprehensive about was the S&M album. And uh, something you guys didn't mention and may have uh, contributed to that, and I know a couple of other bands were doing symphonic versions of their music, but... Uh, the year before, or a couple years before, there was this other group called Apocalyptica who had done, um, their first album was called Metallica uh, by Four Cellos or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, came out, I believe, I want to say 96 or 97, and I they had a follow-up album that yeah. also includes some Metallica covers on that. And I kind of wonder if that didn't have maybe some influence on why they decided to go the symphonic route for you know that one album. But... uh Anyway, uh, yeah, I too was disappointed with St. Anger, but I got a lot of hope after listening to Death Magnetic. Now, I created the Beyond Magnetic EP that followed. That was kind of weak, and it seemed like a lot of filler, I don't know, a money grab or something, but bands tend to do that. Uh, I mean, actually, a few of my favorite bands tend to do that, too. Uh, I'm a big doom metal fan, and My Dying Bride tends to take a lot of their extraneous stuff and make little EPs with their leftovers, I guess you want to put it that way, but I uh, wasn't a big thrill with uh, Beyond Magnetic, but I really like Death Magnetic, and it gives me hope that uh, maybe they're returning. Of course, it kind of helps when uh, Rick Rubin got behind it, and of course Rick Rubin, if other metal fans don't know that, uh, definitely a guy that gets involved, uh, had you know, Matt Black Sabbath's uh, new album, sounded fucking awesome, and of course you can't uh, discount his biggest impact on metal, which was Slayer's Rain and Blood album. Oh, for God's sake, that uh, album changes anybody's life. But uh, I don't know, if I had to sign up, sum up Metallica in one sentence or less, I would for a band that uh, kind of grew so big that they collapsed under their own weight. And, you know, after falling down so hard, they're just finally starting to come back. And, you know, hopefully time will... 
show in their favor. Like I said, uh, I mentioned Black Sabbath a few minutes ago, and uh, look what they did. I'm, I thought 13 was probably one of the better albums of the year, and that's it. But anyway, i uh, probably rambled on long enough. So, uh, again, um, great show. Uh, good uh, music reviews that have come out so far on different albums. Uh, we're actually covering uh, Anselmo's new album on one of our upcoming episodes of 17, if you want to feel like going to check that out. Um, which, uh, we'll see what we say there. Um, actually, I was curious. I guess we're talking about new albums of this year. Um, what were you guys' favorite albums so far this year? It's August. Been a lot of great stuff. Uh, the aforementioned Black Sabbath. Uh, Children of Bodom have put out a new album. Um, Amana Martha has put out a new album. Um, Finn Troll has put out a new album. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, what are you guys' favorite albums that come out so far this year, I guess? Let's leave it at that. So, anyway, keep up the good work, and talk to you later. Son of Odin, out. All right. <clears throat> there we are. Um, wow. Yeah, covered a lot of a lot of ground, but that was very gracious of him to uh, just put it all out there for us and, uh, you know, be very cool, especially about Metallica. I- I'm thinking we, we pretty much could have started a, a, just a Metallica podcast. Uh, solely Metallica and just talked yeah. about them like week in, week out, and pretty much couldn't have run out of something to say that uh, was entertaining. But uh, I don't know. Uh, um, something he brought up, the live album, that live shit, Binge and Purge, was actually uh, phenomenal. And I, I really loved that back in the day, and uh, we didn't uh, hit on that. But uh, have you guys heard that? Yeah. I uh, haven't. I, I haven't heard it for a very long time. Yeah. Wow. It's been, I can't even remember. I think I was like still in high school when I heard it. Um, not one of my favorite things from them, though. I mean, I guess we should have mentioned that. Thanks for pointing out our mistakes. <laughs> but yeah, it does. Um, oh, it's on. It's on now. <laughs> yeah. No. now the walls <laughs> have begun. No, the thing. Um, the, it does show that they're, you know, that live band, too. You know what yeah. I mean? And then their sort of commitment to being great performers and they do sound good live i mean uh it's a great sounding album every time i've heard metallica live i've never seen them live but uh everything that i do see of them either on a video or online or whatever i mean they sound great you know they got their sound dialed in um it's actually interesting uh sort of on a side note that uh um i just read an article this week about how um Megadeth, Dave Mustaine, decided to tune down, uh, I think now his standard tuning. Uh, he used to play everything in E, you know, like a standard E tuning. But now he's tuning down, so the entire guitar is down a half step, uh, or a whole step. So now it's like D, G, uh, wherever it goes from there. But, every, you know, all the standard E tuning is now uh, down a whole step because, of course, age, you know, can't hit all the high notes that you once could. Um, mm-hmm. And it was actually headline. You know, there's some somebody on Facebook. You know, some some website reported on this, and um, it's actually funny because somebody commented on that and said Metallica's done that for years. Actually, it uh, you know they uh, they had to tune down because they they were another band that used to just play in standard E tuning, and yeah. uh, had to tune down um, just because again Headfield and it's obvious Headfield his voice. And, he's uh, never been kind to it, though. He, he's beaten that voice up yeah, since yeah. day one. I'll, I'll, you know, say what you want 
about James Hetfield. He's fucking laid it out every night, and I, I've never. I mean, he b- burned himself up and still came back. What, like two days later, or something like that? I mean, yeah. right. The man has dedication to 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 the live show. The whole band does. I mean, there's plenty of things I hate about him, but that's never gonna be never gonna be a criticism from me. Yeah. Mm-mm. So these bands do adjust their tuning uh, based on their age and current ability uh, to do what they do, especially vocally. Um, so that was kind of funny, but, uh, um, he, he talked about also as well, you know, like a live album and sort of, uh, the integrity of the live album and how much post-production is put into them. Um, and it's something that uh, I never really thought about myself. I thought a live album was a live album and yeah, I mean, you may record a concert in like four track or eight track or whatever you happen to have available at the time and whatever you did. And yeah, there's going to be a certain amount of, you know, mastering that, mixing it down to a, you know, a, a listenable CD. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I never gave thought to actual uh, post-recording of things to patch into live albums um, until I recently read something. And I'm thinking it was, it was in one of the uh, Pantera books I've been reading. I read... Uh, Rex Brown's book, and then um, I'm still in the middle of Blacktooth Grin, which is a, a, a Dimebag um, biography. But mm. uh, there was a quote, and it, it might have been Rex, but maybe it was somebody else sort of in the whole Pantera entourage or somebody, but uh, somebody out there uh, said, I've never heard a legitimately 100% honest live album. Every live album you have heard, there has been some sort of tracking after the fact to uh, just make it a little more listenable, which yeah. is amazing to me. That that just blows my mind. I mean, because I, I, I've listened to live albums, you know, for decades now, and there's nothing that has stood out to me as like, ah, oh, well, they smoothed that. Wow, they patched that over pretty nice. You know, they did. I mean, they. I guess it's professional enough where they, you know, they, they make it so that you, you don't know that they're doing it. But can I, can I break your heart real quick? Oh. It's already been broken, so just... Okay, but this is a howling error, and I've looked online to see why no one else mentioned it. Um, Sepultura is a band that you and I both love. Yes. The last live album with Max that was ever recorded is called Under a Pale Gray Sky. It was recorded in London. It's a a great album. But if you listen um, to Territory, uh, it starts out great. Igor's rolling right along, and... Where the where they start the you know didn't 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 Max actually starts that about four seconds before the rest of the band, and doesn't stop because it's being tracked and uh, it, it, it's the way they record it. If for however they left that in is beyond me because he even stops and opens the E and lets it roar out like he should have, but four seconds for the rest of the band, and how how they didn't mix that right blows me away. But even a band I love like Sepultura does do some hokey pokey. With their live album. It wow. bums me out, but it's right there for anybody to hear. Just make sure you, you close your eyes and listen uh, to, as they go along. It's like, oh, no. Who the fuck didn't catch that? Oh, man. Whoever mixed that shit didn't catch it. It's awful. Mm. Nick, does this take you by surprise as far as shenanigans with live albums? Fuck no. No, uh. not at all. Because like, you can definitely tell that some people's um, live albums are more raw than others. Like Some of them sound like, like oh, Jesus Christ, there's one fucking... Uh, and this is weird, but uh, 
because <laughs> I just said I didn't listen to him that much, but there's one Misfits live album that just sounds like it was like somebody put like a tape recorder up near the amp, and that's how it sounds. <laughs> and it's especially frustrating for me because there's a cover on there of Ra- the Ramones' uh, Pet Cemetery. Nice. A- and that's like the only recorded version of that that I can hear. And I mean, he played it live when I saw him at that fucking show I was just talking about from 10 years ago. But, uh, other than that, you can't find a recording, a good recording of the Ramo- them playing the Ramones' Pet Cemetery, because that almost sounds more like a Misfits song when you think about, like, you know, yeah, it, it could really be done well, and I know it can be, fuckers, fuckers. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's a particularly awful sounding one. And you know what? They probably didn't play with it very much. But then you listen to like other people's live albums that just sound like so clear and so crisp. Uh, it, yeah. You you know that the, it was uh, reworked in the studio, despite the more live sound. Yeah, and it it is I think a, a bit more of an engineering feat uh, when you think of you know you sort of have to mimic and reproduce the sound that you were getting live uh, mm-hmm. into you know recording into the board that day. And to me, just to just to do that mix and to get that seamless to where people uh, won't necessarily tell the difference. Um, especially vocally or, uh, you know, with, with anything in the mix. I mean, that's, that's gotta be tough to, tough to do, but maybe, you know, then again, I, I'm not an audio engineer. I don't know. So maybe, maybe it's not that hard, but to me, there's that, it's, it's that whole bit of magic happening behind the curtain there that, uh, I'm sort of, uh, amazed by. Well, so maybe I'm just one of those, uh, one of those dumb, dumb guys that, uh, hardly. Your your production credit is, is is a lot better than you let on. Uh, I'm just gonna say that. Uh, the hell you say. Let's move on to his question about favorite albums uh, of this year that have been put out, and I've you know I've uh, probably answered that just uh, based on my bonus episode that I put out because uh, that's gonna be a lot of what I'm talking about. But uh, guys, is there anything of note that has uh, come out in 2013 that you are especially fond of? Uh, Nick, is there anything you can think of? Well, um, I'm way, I was just thinking the other day, dude, I'm so far behind on shit I want to listen to uh, because I keep finding new stuff either through Pandora or Spotify, and I listen to that shit instead of what I, what I mean to buy. Like, I want to hear Alice in Chains' new album, obviously, and I'm like two months behind on that one. I uh, there, There's a few others that have come out. I think Nine Inch Nails' new album has already come out, and yep. I still haven't heard that. Anyway, let me just give you a rundown of like my top four or five this year, okay? First off, Pussifer's Donkey Punch the Night was fun. I don't know if they're quite metal. They're more of an alt-metal, experimental, metal, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that is, um, you know, Maynard from Tool, his the third side project or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy them a bit. I wish that Volbeat's new album was better, but it's still good, but just not up to the level that I found the last couple of Volbeat albums to be, so it's okay. How to Destroy Angels, another one that's not quite metal, but it's Trent Reznor's side project with his wife, Um, and I think it's fucking awesome. It's a nice, like, ambient industrial sound at times. Very cool stuff, but um, that's very cool. Also, a band that I found um, through WSOU is my local... um, metal station up here in north jersey it's college radio so they play good shit man nice. uh one band that i heard of and i don't know if you guys have ever heard of them but a pale horse named death they are it's made up of members um from typo and uh 
um, Life of Agony, I believe. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. All right. You, I'm adding that like, to my checklist. Dude, if you like that sentence I just said, listen uh-huh. to the band. Um, their album from this year is Lay My Soul to Waste. And I, I, I even put a couple of their back albums on my Spotify. If, if you don't know what Spotify is, by the way, fucking get Spotify for the love of <laughs> yes. God. Spotify is like if you had iTunes and didn't have to pay for it to listen to it on your computer. The only problem is with the mobile app, you have to pay to get Spotify premium in order to take your playlist anywhere. But you add any fucking songs to your library at all. Uh, Corey, you actually have Spotify premium, right? Dude, best decision I've made in a long time. I mean, it's totally worth it. No commercials. I can bring it up on my phone, on my tablet, wherever I am. Dude, it's it's so worth it. And I, so I might happy. move to that one day, dude, just because like I, I feel like in my brain I'm like, you can't pay five dollars a month for radio. <laughs> you know, once I get over that hurdle that like was ingrained by me or by me being an old man, I guess I should say, um, then I will get Spotify Premium. But my favorite album so far this year, the album from the band that you guys fucking hate, Ghost BC, uh I don't even know how to say the name of what is the album this year that that came out from them Infestisium or something yeah, I believe yeah that's close. I forget the yeah. how to pronounce the name and it is uh they th- fucking great I, I love that hate album. them I don't hate them I'm just calling Mike them out them. on their shit just, anyway I said I have uh, to listen better another, I expected something different another I another episode right I will force you to in a, in a later episode just yes. wait till that day comes that's gonna be fun. I'll I'll sooner sit in on an episode about wrestling music, or I'll do something <laughs> like that. Good luck. Why would we have an episode about wrestling music? That's uh, fucking crazy. Who would? Hell, uh, next episode over. is totally about wrestling entrance themes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, am Anyhow, I supposed to go over Mike, my favorite albums? Yes, or? yes. All right, and the, just going to be honest with you. And by the way, thanks for the call. Thanks for the feedback. Um, and we're about oh, yeah. the same same age, so we came into Metallica about the same time. So yeah, um, I'm with you about the life changing master of puppets. But you already knew that because you listened to the show. Um, as far as favorite new albums, I'm I'm working about a year backwards. If I'm to be honest with you guys, I hear snippets of different bands that I chase a little bit. But as far as new releases, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm gonna go with I'll give you three, uh, and they're not and they're not all metal. Uh, the only real 2013 release would be True North from Bad Religion, and there's about three songs on it that I like. And Bad Religion is my favorite band of all time, but the last three or four albums have been three or four songs I like and a bunch of filler. And uh, I guess that's just because they've done like a 30-year career, and it's probably winding down, to be honest. Uh, so uh, True North was decent. Uh, as far as 2012 goes, I'm never going to get enough of uh, – I think Corey turned me on to a song called Witch Tripper, if I'm remembering yes, right. Down. Uh, oh. And the purple EP from Down, of course, is 2012, but I think it, it really, really smokes. It's really great, as well as um, another 2012 album um, on my brain, um, Sexual Harassment from Turbo Negro with the new singer. So uh, that was near the latter half of 2012. So those have, those have been probably the newest that I've been getting into and checking out. And ask me next year what I like about 2013. I'll have a comprehensive <laughs> list. Uh, well, yeah, I'm not going to go into uh, what mine are because I pretty much covered them in that bonus episode, what I've uh, you know been listening to as far as new releases. And uh, I think those still hold up. And uh, Son of Odin, you know, you, you mentioned... Uh, Phil Anselmo's uh, solo album that he put out, which I think is just amazing. 
Um, and Just As Amazing Live, which, uh, Nick, I talked with you about in the last episode. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, fantastic. And, of course, I feel like I'm sort of the uh, Battlecross ambassador anymore. Yes. You know, I'm uh, constantly going off about them. And, it, you know, I just... Uh, it's amazing that uh, they're not getting... I, I, you know, they're getting a fair amount of, uh, I think, coverage and fans and stuff like that. But I don't know what it is. I cannot get enough Battlecross. Um, listening to their new... I just... Man, it blows me away. It blows me away. So uh, their new... Th- you know, and of course, that led me to listen to their uh, previous album, which is uh, fantastic as well. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, with uh, what was the other one I talked about? Graves, you know, with his uh, uh, his new release, which you know, again, isn't isn't entirely metal. It's more of a punk thing, but uh, is very heavy at times. But uh, he did. Uh, there was a solo or a, a guest vocalist on uh, the song "Forbidden Planet" on his his album, and it was Chris Chris Motionless from a band called Motionless in White. And so I've never heard of this band, and I actually went on uh, Spotify and brought them up, and I was listening to them. Uh, it was today or yesterday. It was uh, some of my journey to the to the drive-in, and uh, I was digging Motionless and White. Have you guys uh, listened to them at all? It's no, I never heard. Pretty damn cool. So, so yeah, um, just uh, bring them up. Uh, they're pretty heavy and and really cool. I I I like their singer and. Um, so thank you to uh, Michael Graves for uh, bringing him to my attention and making a great album. And so uh, I don't know. Down, uh, you know, Mike, you brought up Down, and uh, of course that was a twenty twelve, uh, late twenty twelve. You know, it's yeah. it's almost twenty thirteen. Uh, still amazing. <laughs> it's close. Yeah, it's a great EP, and you know I love Phil and and Pepper and everything. I think it's a, a great supergroup. Um, but uh, it was an EP. They are slated. They're going to put out separate. Uh, EPs that are going to be, you know, the down four sort of uh, collection of EPs. And nice. uh, they're in the middle of doing their next one. They've been uh, writing and recording for the next EP amidst all the touring that uh, Down and Phil himself have been doing. And uh, I, he said lately that that is slated for early 2014 uh, when we'll hear that. So that's, uh, I might even join the band. The older I get, the more I look like Kirk Weinstein. Oh, I don't know yeah. what's up with that. I'm really starting to like well, just... And here's like, the question, too, man. You my brother? What happened? Well, <laughs> if you can uh, play bass, you uh, may have a chance for that because, uh, of course, the bassist, and I can't think of his name now, uh, for Patrick. Down. Yeah, he was the bassist for Crowbar. And I don't know if you guys uh, read about this, but he quit Crowbar this week. No. He left. Really? Yeah. And there's some sort of controversy there. I don't, I, I don't know if it's controversy or drama or whatever, but things are unclear. Um, and crowbar, of course, you know, Kirk and everyone, they're just like, well, we'll, we'll move on. We'll do our thing. We've been doing it for decades, so we'll keep doing it, you know, whatever. But that raises a question of his status with down and, yeah, he, you know, if he, because Kirk is in down and, uh, what Kirk said and what he said, you know, there's, there's still a question there as to what the, that dynamic and relationship is and if he's still going to be the, the basis for down. Okay, this brings up another qu- a layer even above that. Now, doesn't Phil run Housecore? Yeah. Okay, well, Crowbar's on Housecore, so not only is he is he ditching the band that's on Phil's label, but he's also in a band on. The- Wait, but Down is on Down Housecore. is on Electra. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So that's a weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Down's a the huge deal, and um, everything else Phil does is pretty much on his own label, but Down's like this 
it's a super group uh major major label thing that uh See, and that's and it's the beautiful transformation as, as I become an, as all of us. But I'm, I'm talking from my perspective as when I was in my 20s, I was I, I was hyper. I was into and still am into Pantera, into that fast, heavy music. But as they matured their musical style, like, like for example, Phil turned into brought I mean, brought around down and same with Pepper with the corrosion. And, and as an older guy now. This is this is the kind of music I'm into. This in in yeah. doom metal, like uh, high on fire and things like this. It's like a natural progression. I love it. It's just amazing. Right, right. Sorry, I'm babbling. Sorry. Oh yes, <laughs> we've gone on a tangent here. Um, you know, of course, uh, these are the albums we'd love from this year. And thank you, Son of Odin, uh, for uh, calling in, taking time to do that, and probably using up cell phone minutes. And um, Sons of Metal podcast. There will be links and check them out. Um, we have a lot more feedback here, and I'm going to read through some things. I'm going to summarize some comments and emails. Um, you know, not that uh, you know I'm trying to you know rush through anything, but we've had a lot of feedback here, and I want to make sure we address everybody. Uh, the first email we got was from uh, Jason White. Uh, he loves the show so far. He hopes we keep them coming, and um, we're trying. Yeah, yeah, we are. We are. We're uh, just listening to a lot of stuff and uh, having a lot of fun recording, but. Uh, he said uh, that uh, he really digs the fact that he wants, uh, you know, we want to hear recommendations from the fans. You know, we're not only talking about the stuff that we love that we think people should listen to, but we want to hear ourselves. I mean, what are you guys listening to that you think we would dig? And uh, he gave us a couple bands, a couple specific songs. Uh, actually, uh, not songs, but albums from these bands. And I've never heard of these. And uh, he, he brought us some recommendations. Uh, there's a band called Kiss It Goodbye. Um, and the album is called She Loves Me, She Loves Me Not. Uh, the way that uh, Jason describes this is it's an album that uh, is relatively unknown from the mid-90s. It's ferocious. It blows the doors off of most things today. Uh, imagine a much, a much more progressive, heavier and faster version of something like Swans. We'd be close to the sound. Um, the vocalist is just shredding his throat on every track. And uh, so that's Kiss It Goodbye. And uh, another band that he recommended was called Floor. They have actually a self-titled album. Uh, both of these are on Spotify. You can find them. Um, just he calls it a goddamn game changer. Uh, he can't compare it to anything because it's so unique. It's so heavy. He, the, you know, they down tune. And um, so uh, if you can listen to Kiss It Goodbye and Floor, um, uh, definitely check these out and i did you know I, I sort of cheated when i got this email you know through our podcast i i'm like ooh, i'll check these out and see what i think and they're both uh, very like a, a doom stoner sort of thing very down tuned and very very cool these were great recommendations so i'm in yeah yeah check them out check them out um thank you so, for that yeah again i'll have links up to this in the show notes so just go to the website and click on it and you'll be able to check this out but uh, thank you, Jason, for uh, emailing us some uh, recommendations. Uh, this next one, uh, this showed up on the website as a comment on our Blood Duster episode. Again, our most uh, popular episode at this point. Um, from Alex, he said this was an awesome podcast. He's been a, a fan of this genre for a long time now. Um, you know, uh, it, one of the first bands he ever listened to doing something like this, like adding samples, was a band called Dr. Acula. Um, which has a lot of great connotations, uh, being horror fans, and makes me think of Ed Wood, actually. And, uh, yeah. 
Um, their older material was uh, really raw, and uh, a lot of the song titles were the titles of Goosebump books, which is uh, really interesting. But um, he recommends a band called uh, Infant Annihilator, and they have a song called Decapitation Fornication. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> we're like That's tapping my boy. This, man, That's my boy. <laughs> we're tapping an amazing sub-sub-sub-genre here. Sub sub, yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Alex. That was uh, that was really cool. Uh, our friend, the King of Nipples, also uh, uh, he chimed in on this. He loves the episode on Blood Duster, and he throws out um, two song recommendations that uh, he thinks everyone should listen to. Uh, the first is by Heaven and Hell, uh, called Bible Black. <laughs> that song i laugh when i hear it <laughs> oh no put that book back you're holding the bible black yes. one of uh wasn't that off of the last album mm-hmm. dio really did before he died oh that's great and another uh the second one he recommended was iron swan by the sword <laughs> so. motherfucker i love the sword does anybody <laughs> yes. else know that that i love the sword I love the sword. They are heavy fucking um, sort of retro metal. Like they sound very 70s, but it's also sort of proggy. Wonderful shit. And uh, I love the sword. One of these days we'll talk about the sword on this show. That's going on my Spotify as we speak. Dude, um, start with uh, start with the first album and make your way forwards. Um, all, their, all their albums, the, the first couple albums are like fantasy inspired lyrics and stuff. Um, and then the third album, they made a sci-fi concept, a, a pulp sci-fi concept album. Crazy, but it's still wonderful stuff. <laughs> Sweet. So, uh, next up is a comment from Death Spawner. We've heard from him before and or her. I'm not sure. And or. <laughs> That's What'd Rob. He's, he's a boy. I know him. Another great episode. He's talking about Blood Duster. Um, He appreciates what we do. But regarding the idea that, quote, if you're a fan of a band, you'll listen to all of their albums, unquote. I agree with you guys in thinking that's untrue. I consider myself to be a massive fan of some bands, and I would be insulted if somebody told me I wasn't just because I don't make an effort to listen to the albums that don't grab me. If a band has a short life and a couple of albums, the problem is easy to avoid. The opposite can be said about a band like Metallica that has like a three-decade career and a gazillion albums. Uh, He's a huge Frank Black fan, but 90% of the time, I choose between four or five of his albums to listen to, and he has a ton of them out there. Sometimes, and here you go, Mike, he tosses Bad Religion's discography on to listen to straight through, but there's always one album I skip. So simply put, you can be a true fan of a band and still admit to not digging every single one of their albums, and which is, uh, I think, completely valid, completely true. Yeah. Um, he's skipping into the unknown, and I do too, for the most part. <laughs> and uh, second, um, he said, it's almost hilarious how difficult it is to find a death metal sort of heavy without deep growling, uh, which is kind of true. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but here are a couple options that I think come close. Uh, he says, Entombed, God Forbid, Creator, with a K, yep. Pestilence, Trivium, In Flames, and yeah, I can vouch for In Flames, I think they, could, they do come close, and Disgorge, 
And he said that one might be a joke, and I've never listened to them, so well, I'm not sure. Some um, of them, I mean, oh, I'm sorry, is the letter gone? Uh, no, no, that, I, I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, the letter, listen to me, I'm 150 yes. years old. Well, I did get this uh, in the mail. He, uh, <laughs> the postmaster brought yes. it to my home. So, uh, well, some <laughs> the of the arms bands. up on my mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> what, what could that mean? So, sorry, I apologize to the South. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I was, um, <laughs> yeah, we don't got nothing to apologize for. Uh, no. Uh, what was, uh, what were you just saying? Uh, death metal Logan? without the trivium. death metal okay. growl. Yeah, trivium. Yeah. Yeah, because trivium was, um, a, you know, I wouldn't have ever called them death metal. I would have put them in metalcore. But they did uh, make their way away from being sort of a screaming band because the lead singer was like, look, I want to preserve my voice, you know? And now they have a new single out called Brave This Storm. Honestly, it almost sounds like uh, I would more compare it to like Disturbed, like Latter Day Disturbed. Oh, wow. Um, like, like very much more just a sort of new metal, but ranging towards metalcore sound. I mean, obviously, the metal, the music itself is um, much more beyond that of Disturbed, but, um, you know, vocally, the way that he has this sort of. Um, punchiness to the way that he sings it's very cool stuff i really like it and um i really like the new single at least i haven't heard the whole album um so don't quote me on that but um that's pretty cool god forbid they're actually a new jersey band um again i would call them more metalcore but i know that like a lot of people have called them death metal uh they're not bad i saw them live i've seen them live a couple of times actually and um they're they're just um they're they're kind of good. Like what, what what do you want me to say about them? They're they're all right. <laughs> well, cool, cool. Nick, anything to uh, or uh, Mike, uh, anything to uh, add to that or any thoughts? I agree with that, but I, I really like the fact that he went back to the early '90s. The bands like Pestilence. I mean, these are these are bands I remember when I was you know coming out of high school. So uh, some of them anyway. Yeah, I agree. And it is it is kind of tough to find. And uh, with so many subgenres of metal, I'm kind of surprised. You know that that it is so tough to find, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, you know it's almost that's one of I think the defining characteristics of death metal is that growl, um, and it's hard I think to find you know music that is of that level of brutality and uh, just visceral that level of uh, almost like a violent sort of metal without that growl because once you bring in you know sort of uh, any sort of melody uh, as far as the vocals go it i think starts taking away from that and you start leaning towards a more black metal sort of thing or maybe a you know metalcore new you know it's it's uh a lot of gray areas here that we're navigating you know it's all up to what you think is heavy and you know mike what we we did a, a great great episode on uh what we thought were some of the heaviest songs um and the fans will be hearing that uh here soon but uh it's so subjective as yeah. far as you know i would say this is a death metal song but you're like no this isn't death metal this is this is more black metal you know without keyboards or something and i'd be like oh, well no he's he's singing and he's growling at the same time so this is <laughs> this is this sort of you know sean and you know these whole the whole uh, a gamut of uh, sure. genres that have spawned out of metal and 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 everything. It's uh, it was it was so much easier when I was a teenager. Mm. Uh, there were only a couple. I mean, we were like, well, you know, there's poser metal, there's 
Uh, he does this, you know, right. It was so black and white back in the day. Yeah. And then we were like, what's this Norwegian death metal? I don't know, but every song they're singing about LARPing in the forest and Vikings. I don't know what's going on, <laughs> right. you know, but now there's just so, I mean, like to hear my son talk about, oh, that's metal core. That's, that's metal. That's uh, this is that, this is this other stuff. I'm like, you've got to be, and you, you have this figured out. Are you Dude, serious? Yeah. Look at the Wikipedia page for metal categories, and it, it gets you will fall down a Wikipedia hole reading for hours into the weirdest fucking stuff. Um, motherfucker. Dude, we just did an Arnold metal band tonight, you know? <laughs> and and that's not even the weirdest thing out there. Polka oh, core. Yeah. Polka core is yes. a thing. That's what I've learned here on Devil Horns. Oh yes. Indeed. Indeed. So we were we were navigating complex territory right here and uh it's again very subjective very up to uh very you know it's uh it just depends on your experience and your expectations for music and and everything so it's oh, fun nonetheless uh our next bit of feedback here uh actually i have a couple uh, a couple different messages one was an email next day uh he got a hold of us on facebook and message me. Now, I really appreciate when people out there will call us on our mistakes uh, because we're not perfect. We don't claim to be like be all end all uh, metal fans, and what we say is is gospel because it's definitely not. We just love the music we listen to, and we love to learn new things and talk about music that might interest you and things we know about it. But we don't know everything, you know. We're we're quite flawed, believe it or not, especially me. Maybe you know, you might not know that about Mike and Nick over there, but um, oh, they they know that about me. Don't oh, worry. Well, <laughs> it's uh, uh, you know something that uh, you know we're not uh, you know trying to play up at all. We're we're just fans talking about what we love. And uh, Moshua sent us a lot of things, uh, a lot of details that uh, on our Metallica episode again, one of our most popular ones. Uh, that we got wrong, you know, and I just, uh, I'm going to summarize here because he sent us a, a, an extensive, very detailed email here um, about, um, you know, for example, you know, Cliff was recruited into the band while Dave was still actually the lead guitarist and uh, Kirk wasn't part of the picture yet. Um, and uh, things like, uh, uh, did we say something about Merciful Fate being on Garage Days? Because um, apparently we did. Some, uh, I think um, so. Yeah. I yeah. said about it being on Garage Inc., Oh, Which Garage Inc. All right. Well, he said on Garage Days it wasn't on there, but uh, maybe maybe we were a little fuzzy on oh. which one we were referring to. Oh, because yeah, I said Days one. instead of Inc. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's definitely on Garage Inc. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff, a lot of the things you're going to call us out on, you know, when we're when we're doing the show, we're doing it very just conversationally. And oftentimes we'll say things and even our, you know, our, our co-hosts here won't catch Things that you just say, and you're thinking one thing, but the words come out a little bit different. And um, I, I do it all the time on my show. And I'm like, I can't believe I just said that because I sort of meant something uh, that was a little bit different. And, and uh, you know, referring to a song or an album or an artist or something like that. So it happens really easily. So, dude, he called us out on a lot of things uh, <laughs> that uh, were, you know, I think they were slip-ups. We were going with a train of thought. And he just, should have called out when I said Kirk was the drummer for Metallica because my yeah. son sure did. Hey, so uh, Dad, how long's Kirk been drummer? For, I know I was. My mouth was outrunning my head. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, that wasn't one of the ones actually. Um, you know, uh, one of the other ones is uh, he he talks about why there was such a gap. 
between the Black Album and Load. And um, I think we talked a little bit about, you know, there's some some things going on in the band and everything, but he's pretty sure it's because they were just touring so extensively because, of course, the Black Album was so huge. Yeah, um, no, they do. There's truth in that. They, and, they're on the book for years. And yeah, so, uh, you know, definitely, there. I don't think it was due to any sort of band drama going on there or any sort of problems, but the fact that their schedule was full. But uh, yeah, uh, he he loves everything that we do. He said uh, he loves the uh, my, oh oh my bonus episode, uh, and uh, he'll check out Battlecross and Graves and Phil and Selmo, and uh, um, definitely uh, looking for more. Now this uh, this other um, uh, Nick, this is something you and I talked about on our uh, episode here. We mentioned Isis. And, ISIS, um, yes, yeah, and I, I for some reason said something about, oh, I think Del Crover from the Melvins was part of ISIS at some point, and I, I'm still gonna hold to the fact that I, I think that he did something. He might have played with them live at some point or something, but Crover had something to do with ISIS. And uh, Moshua called me out here and said that uh, Dale was never part of the band, um, and which, which is totally valid. That, that that's probably probably true but uh i just think you know i I think he he did something he had something to do with them maybe even behind the scenes i don't know they played with the melvins a lot they became close with the melvins and um i i I think yeah i'm pretty sure that i did say that dale was officially as part of the band i'm not sure if i really meant that he was an official band member at any point but he did something if not even uh, you know offer a guitar solo or you know something at some point but uh so he called me out on that as well. And um, so we do appreciate that uh, people are policing us and calling <laughs> us out on things because, uh, again, we fuck. make mistakes. And, you know, we folks, do. Yankee poofs make mistakes. What can we exactly. say? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're all a bunch of cunts sitting around okay. here. Okay. Corey, <laughs> I found out what you were talking about. There was an EP called Melvins slash Isis, where both the Melvins and Isis released a split EP. Uh, where they put out two Melvin songs on it and two Isis songs. Maybe that's what you were talking about, thinking uh, of some sort of collaboration between them. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So you win. I do. You win. I, yep. Face. <laughs> I had right. to Google that for two seconds. Thank you, Nick. I feel better about, <laughs> about myself. All right. All right. Our final uh, bit of feedback here tonight is from Dean. He sent us a Facebook message. It was very kind. And this has to do with Blood Duster. He said, guys, you just got linked to your podcast from the Blood Duster Facebook page. Uh, He says, I'm from Melbourne, Australia, and it's a great podcast you're doing. And just so you know, Blood Duster live shows are funny as hell. He has a few pics from the shows that they had roast chickens on their mic stands. And then they threw them out to the audience. And it was great. So he said, anyway, keep up the good work, Dean. That's great. Thanks, Dean. Amazing. Thank you. That, that was awesome. <laughs> My chicken would, like, the breasts would be all eaten, and I would throw the legs and the wings out. Hey, fuck it. Uh, performers got to eat, too. Yeah. And I'd throw it back out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good yeah. stuff. We appreciate the feedback. We do have a voicemail line. Um, and, of course, I don't have the number up in here, and I'm, I'm too lazy to uh, navigate to our website. So go to devilhorns.org. Our number is up there, a contact page, which is really easy to send us a little message. 
uh, our email and everything is up there as well. And we just love hearing from you guys. And again, what do we do wrong? What do you disagree with? What do you think we're just assholes for saying? Um, we want to know. We want to know. So that was a lot of fun. So uh, anything you guys want to add to uh, you know our listener participation here in discussion? Because I think that's really important. I'll add, uh, because Nick brought it up earlier, and I think the listeners might, I, I love it, I think listeners might as well, because Nick, you like Ram, you like uh, Ramon covers, you were saying? Um, I said I like some of them. Okay, well, all right, well, then let me let me turn you on to one that you might like. Uh, it's Ramstein doing Pet Cemetery. Of live. course, Ramstein doing Pet Cemetery. Now, let me tell you the fucking great story about that, okay? Because I forgot the other time I saw the Misfits play. When I saw Ramstein... And there's video of this on YouTube, um, the year 2000 at Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. Somebody fucking videotaped it, which is great, man. Uh, but it, it's um, for their last song of uh, their last set. They uh, came out and they were going to do. They said they were going to do something special, and they brought the Misfits out. And Rammstein and the Misfits played Pet Cemetery together. And wow. it was wonderful. It's my favorite Ramon song, if you must know. And um, that was just like... I must, I must. Dude, every, <laughs> <laughs> every, uh, every fucking um, show, I, I always hope that they'll have a special guest at the end, just because that happened that one time. Dude, that was fucking great. Um, one of my favorite concert-going experiences. And um, yeah, Rammstein, they've done it a couple of other times with a couple of different people. Specifically... The recording of it that you're talking about is on, I believe, the Ishville single, um, and I totally, totally have that, of course. Uh, that one is not the recording I was at. It was at a, That was a different recording in Germany that they did, but still fucking cool. It's a little bit goofy because they let um, Flocka, the keyboardist, sing, and he uh, can't, but uh, it's kind of funny, <laughs> and um, it's... It, it's fucking awesome. Although I think that the best cover of that song, because that song seems to be covered a million times, uh, was actually there's a cover of it done by Marky Ramone, and it is like the penultimate version of the song Pet Cemetery. Fucking cool. Look that up. Google it. So, like I was gonna say, um, yeah, I like it. <laughs> but Nick, Nick had the fucking gun loaded with info. Jesus, dude. All right, I love Check it, it man. Oh. And I want to hear the single. I don't have that single version either. Ooh. Maybe you could accidentally email that to me. Oops. All right. <laughs> wow. Well, there we are with another fantastic episode. Been a lot of fun for me. I don't know about you guys, but this has been fantastic. Had a great time. So, New Jersey Nick, people can also hear you on the Slasher Cast. Yes. Everything. So, plug that, my friend. Uh, at slasher underscore cast on Twitter is where we are most active, although you can find all of our back episodes on slashercast.net. Myself, I'm New Jersey Nick, at New Jersey Nick on Twitter, uh, NewJerseyNick.com. Also, um, I want you guys to follow us at DevilHornsCast on Twitter and tell us what you think, man. Tell us what you think of the fucking show. Um Tell us what music we're supposed to be listening to. You can find us on Facebook if you prefer Facebook over Twitter. Just whatever. Just get reach out to us. Don't be afraid. We we even got called out. We didn't call anybody a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not necessarily what's, an asshole for calling us out. So. Right. What's the worst that could happen? Uh. 
murder. Thousand dollars to bump off your wife. Mike, I was almost going to plug your show, but uh, I'm going to end it here. Um, scared of what I'm going to say next. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Tell us all about a little dead, little dead podcast. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, okay. Um, I can be found uh, weekly at littledead.com uh, with Mick Pierce on a little dead podcast. Uh, I, I'm on Twitter at it's your pal Mike Z. And you'll probably see me uh, on the newspaper defending myself from legal action from Tim Lambesis. That's okay. I got more in the grand. Yes. Mike used to be co-host of this show but uh I'm and not i sure. enjoyed every minute of it <laughs> i'm not sure legally if we could <laughs> we could do that from here on out uh we'll let you know we'll keep you updated oh allegedly allegedly shit i keep forgetting to say allegedly <laughs> allegedly. Damn it. allegedly 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 anyhow i'm Corey. got a lot of websites uh doing evil episodes at evilepisodes.com with mike and jamie i'm uh doing the electric chair sorta i have an episode that uh, i think i mentioned You've been kicking around. Yeah, and it's not out there yet, but uh, it will be released as soon as I get a free, like, like half an hour to uh, do something other than uh, all the other things I have to do. But um, I'm just having a lot of fun with this. Love metal. Man, it's uh, what I listen to every day and what I just really dig. So uh, I really appreciate it. But uh, MidnightCorey.com, uh, ElectricChairShow.com, wherever else. Um, but the only really important one. For me, is devilhorns.org, of course. So, thank Aww. you all for listening, guys. Guys, I really appreciate that you hang out and talk about some great music. And I think we have some really good fodder for some uh, future episodes here. I've been taking notes. So, this is going to be fun. Um, misfits. Um, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, as we talk, I write down different ideas um, yes. for future shows, and the list just gets bigger and bigger and bigger of shit that we're going to have to cover. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It will come. So, for New Jersey Nick, Mike Zombie, I am Midnight Corey, thanking you all for listening, and tune in again here in about two weeks for another episode of Devil Horns. You've been listening to Devil Horns. Join us at devilhorns.org. <laughs>